Good morning, everybody. How are we today? All right. Well, I'm glad to have you all here this morning. Got a full house. We are kicking off a new series this morning called Wolf Pack. All right. We're going to have a little fun with this series. We might actually howl a little bit. You guys have already kind of figured that part out, I'm assuming. Um, we, are, um, we are kicking this off today, and let me tell you why. Um, the most talked about most responsive series that we've ever done in the seven years of our church's history has been our man series. And you know who's had the most comments about that? The most, the most emails that I've ever gotten, whether it was a bad sermon, a good sermon, whether I had said something that was like, oh my gosh, he just said that in church, which I might have that happen today, all right, has been ladies who've said thank you for doing that series for my man. And so we're going to do the, the, a man series today. We're going we're gonna to call this thing Wolf Pack, and we're going to do our very best to help uh, our men understand really what it looks like in today's world, today's society, uh, answering the question, what does a man look like? And so before we get started, let me just pray and ask God to be with us today. Lord, it's completely on your shoulders that I stand this morning. God, I pray that you would be here, you'd be evident, and God, you would speak to us, God, as you've been speaking to me about this conversation, this topic this morning. I pray for every man, um, God, I pray for every, every boy, I pray for every son, God, I pray for every woman and every daughter here that's this morning, God, that you would, you would, you would just lure us, bring us, entice us, draw us to you today. God, I pray that there would be nothing about the drive here, what's going on in this moment, uh, any, any, any frustration, any thought, God, that would distract us from what you want to clearly draw us towards today. God, be powerful in this midst. Thank you for that last song and just the, the experience of just worshiping you and knowing that you're with us. So, Lord, I pray for the, the man that's here today that got drugged here, uh, that, that, that his wife said, if you don't come... Or else, God, I pray that you would open his heart right now, that you would speak to us loudly today. Amen. All right, so what does a man look like today? Uh, we've got all types of, of men out there, and there is a lot of very cool, fascinating things about guys. Uh, and in our world today, if I asked you what does a man look like, you might think he looks more like this. This is... This is what a lot of men we think should look like today. Not that photo, but are we able to get photos up, guys? We, yeah, all right. So, so, I mean, that is what some of you guys would think a wolf pack ought to look like. But, you know, but, but we're in the South, right? And I get that. So we don't, we don't think all men look... Most of you guys, you think that men honestly look like this. This is what goes... That's, that's really what, what we think of when we think of a wolf pack. That's what we think of as a wolf pack, right? So... But I want to I quickly dive into this, and I want to walk very quickly today because I feel like this is going to be a powerful conversation, a very much needed conversation for all of us today. So I want to show you 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says this, and this is what I want us to hear right out of the gate today. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith. What does it say next? Three words. Act like men. Act like men. Be strong. Let all you do be done in love. There's something about our society today that doesn't want us to act and look like men. We live in a world today that, don't, that really that doesn't dial in or, or drive men or encourage men to be men, right? 
That's not the world we're living in today. And the same with women. We're not having a world that's, 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 that's pointing women towards being women. So this verse says, act like men. You know, that verse could have been written years ago, and it could have said something less specific, and it could have been a little more, let's just be well-rounded people. It could have said things uh, about, let's just be a good person, but it says, act like men. So what is a man? So that's going to be the, the conversation today. Ladies, this is not a conversation today that you can't apply to you. This is a conversation that whether you're a man or a woman, female or male, that this is something that we can walk away and apply today. So I'm going to give you this, ladies. In the very same way that our culture doesn't lead men to being men and help us to know what that looks like, the same for you goes. Proverbs 31, 38 says, charm is deceitful, right? We understand that charm can, can be deceitful, right? We understand that it's sometimes confusing about what charm and a woman ought to be like. And beauty is in vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is praised. Today, uh, we're not going to talk about whether a manly man drives a truck and a girly man drives a minivan, all right? That's not the differentiating, the differentiating piece we're going to go towards. We're not going to talk about the differences of men and women. Today, I want to look at the difference between a boy and a man. And there's a huge difference between boys and men. And I've seen boys in their 14 years of age, and I've seen boys in their 40s. So it doesn't necessarily mean you can't be a man as you're young, just as it doesn't mean that you can't uh, be a boy when you're older. So we're going to look at that difference today. So to, to dive into this conversation, uh, if you've got your Bible, we're going to look at the life of a guy named David, found in 1 Samuel. That's in the Old Testament. Uh, and we're going to look at this guy's story because we're going to extract five five marks of a man that I believe that today is going to help us tremendously, guys, to kind of dial into how we need to move from boyhood to manhood. Um, David, right off the bat, um, gave us, just in broad brush, before we dive into like his origins, uh, we see this guy, David, who became king. Um, we see, like, out of the gate with this passage, um, some unique things about him, some things that maybe aren't stereotypical guy stuff, right? Um, but let me tell you about David real quick. In 1 Samuel 16, 18, it says, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, uh, the Bethlehemite. Now, let me just give you this piece of information. God was looking for the next guy that he was going to um, give clear purpose. And, and he was looking for someone he was going to give clear purpose, clear vision to, and invite that young man to track with him, to follow him, to grow in him, to be strong in him, and for that man one day to grow up and be the next king of Israel. And so they sent, God sent a prophet to this household, um, and, he was, and, and he was having this, this prophet Samuel look at all the different sons, and God would tell Samuel which boy would be the next man that he would use in a powerful way. So Samuel's there. He's looking for this boy, and it, it, began, it begins this out by saying that David was a person who was skillful in playing. That was music, all right? Um, do you know the, 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 the uh, instrument of choice for David? It's not every day that you hear this out of a guy, but his instrument of choice was a harp, all right? That's not what I picture uh, a bunch of guys uh, playing around like a campfire setting, uh, I mean, I don't picture dudes like kind of like, 
I don't, I don't picture the harp thing going on. Campfire, dude's like, hey, man, this is awesome. This is great, man. We just hiked five miles up here, man. I'm dead, dog tired. Hold on. I got to get out of my tent, my harp. Let's just, let's just hang, right, boys? Let's, let's howl together in the harp. But David, David, was, David was a man, all right? So he was skilled in playing. He was a man of valor. He was a man of war. He was skilled and had character trait abilities to battle, all right? He was prudent in speech. In fact, David, David, was, David wrote poetry. I mean, this is a Renaissance man. He wrote poetry. He was a man of good presence. He kept himself, right? He, did, he wasn't still wearing his 1989 t-shirt, right? Baby, you still love this t-shirt? Don't you love these old stains? Where are the little orange marks there? I still got them, baby. You like it? All right, he, he, was, he was a man of presence. That was kind of disgusting, wasn't it? All right, I'm sorry about that. Um, he was a, a man of good presence. And what does it say? And the Lord was with him. So obviously there are some, there are some stereotypical things about David, some not. Um, and later it goes on that David was wanting Saul, who was then the king, he was wanting Saul's daughter's hand in marriage. Just a little bit extra about David. Uh, and Saul says to David, if you want my daughter's hand, you've got to go kill a hundred of the Philistines. That was their enemy at that time. And so this is the kind of, kind of guy David was. So David arose and went along with his men and killed 200 Philistines. Not just 100, he killed 200. And Saul asked that he would kill 100 and bring their foreskins. And so David killed 200 of these Philistines, and David brought their foreskins. Now, that's not a word you hear every day in church, right? Um, uh, real quick, just, to, just for you know, the sake of the man series, just lean over right now and whisper in the person's ear foreskin real quick. Just go ahead, just real quick. Yep. All right, yeah, you just did that. All right, and, and would you just, on three, just oblige, and just on three, let's just say the word, because it's in the Bible, on three, let's just say foreskins, one, two, three. <laughs> you did it, oh my gosh, I can't believe y'all did that. Oh my gosh. All right, one, I can't believe you did that, two, I hope I have a job tomorrow. All right, and I hope you're not too terribly offended by that, um, but it is in the Bible, so... So this is the kind of guy David was, all right? He just went over and above. He was, the, he was a man after God's own heart, Scripture says. Y'all keep on going with me now, all right? So just kind of compartmentalize for a moment, all right? Zone back in. All right, so you guys know that I have three children. Um, I, have, I have a daughter who's 17, a daughter who's 13, and a son who's 10. I was blessed with an incredible set of parents when I grew up. I was blessed with an incredible dad who is uh, here today. So real quick, could I have my mom and my dad stand up real quick? They're in town. Could you guys stand up? Come on, dad. I got the power of the mic. That's my dad and my mom. I love them very much. I probably will get chastised for what was said a moment ago. My parents are in the house. Um, but I quickly realized as I grew up and as I had a son Man, I needed, I, and to raise, raise a son, I needed to, one, become the man God wanted and needed me to become, and I needed help in knowing how to raise a boy. So I studied men, and for years, uh, as a youth pastor for many, many, many years, I saw a lot of kids, a lot of students, a lot of boys, and I watched a lot of dads raising sons, and even into my, um, my parenting years having a son, uh, I, I watched my dad. I, I, I re, revisited 
who my dad was and what he did in my life that worked. And I, I watched a lot of men. I've read a lot of books on, on raising boys. And many, many of you guys have done that. And so in an effort to understand and, and really learn and grow personally, what I began to understand is there's an incredible difference between a man and a boy. There's an incredible difference between a boy and a man. So what I want to do is, out of those experiences, and out of what I've learned from watching men, reading books, and just really sifting through God's Word on this topic, I want to give you five marks of a man today. And we're going to track these differences between what a boy looks like and what a boy does and what a man does that are completely different. So number one, if you've got, if you got a way to jot some of these things down today, God, I want, guys, I want you to hang on to these. Women, these are, these, are, these are geared towards men, but you can definitely make application off of these. The first is this. A man has a vision for his life, and a boy lives one day at a time. All right? You still with me? A man has a vision for his life. A boy lives one day at a time. Now, see, boys get up in the morning, and they don't have a clue what they're doing from moment to moment. They don't have, a, they don't have any plans. They just wake up, and their biggest, greatest goal is they just want to have what? They just want to have fun. <laughs> breakfast, exactly, right? Give me breakfast, right? And it's, it's also very self-serving, right? They don't have a vision for their life. They don't have a plan. That's what boys do. I was a boy once. I remember my dad can tell you hundreds of times him dragging me out of bed. Son, it's time to go to work. It's time to work in the yard. It's time. And all I wanted to do was just, can I just play? Right? I don't want to have a plan today. I don't, I don't have a goal. I don't have a direction. I don't, I don't have a purpose. I don't want to have a purpose. All right? I, don't, I, just want to, I just want to play. But a man has a vision for his life. A man is pursuing God and saying, God, will you give me clarity about who I am? God, would you give me, would you help me with my purpose of what you put me on this planet for? Men are asking that question. Men are asking the question, God, why am, on, why am, am I on this planet? Why, why did you make me the way that you've made me? God, what have you called me and are you leading me and how do you want my gifts and my strengths and my passions to be used? Men have a vision for their life. Boys just take it one day, one moment at a time. So David had this moment where he clearly, God gave him a, a, a mission, a clear purpose. And it doesn't quite happen to us like this, but God clearly showed up um, in David's life. I told you a moment ago that, that Samuel showed up on God's behalf looking to pick out of the tribe of Benjamin, looking at Benjamin's sons, saying, okay, which one of these guys? So here Benjamin shows up, or uh, Samuel shows up, and he's looking one by one. All right, is this the one, God? And God says no. And so he pushes that guy aside. He's looking at the next son and the next son, and God keeps on saying no, no, no. He's like, but God, this one's strong. He's, he would make a fine king. God, this one, this one he looks powerful. He's, he's sharp looking. He would win the hearts of the people, yada, yada, yada. And so one by one by one, God kept on saying no. God wasn't looking on the, out, the externals. God was looking on the internals. And finally, after he looks through all these son, sons, he says, isn't there any more? And they said, yeah, there's this one that he's out working, working out in the fields. And so finally, in 1 Samuel 16, 12 through 13, he finds David. And, and in this moment, it says, and the Lord said, as, as they as they." Now hone in on David and bring him in. He's there in the house. Solomon says, arise, 
God says anoint him, and so they anoint him for this is he, this is the guy, this is the one that I've, this is the guy that I'm, I'm going to give purpose to. This is, this is the guy that I want him to understand completely what he's on this planet for. So they anoint David, and then Samuel took the horn of the oil and anointed him in the midst of all his brothers. And it says that the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. Now that's probably not going to happen to us like that. I don't think any, any guy wakes up and all of a sudden you have that type of clarity about who you are, about what your purpose is, right? I would say 95% of the time in my life, um, for me, executing uh, God's plan in my life, it's more like I got this idea and I think it came from God and I, I say, God, I think that's something that you would have me do and I go do it. I mean, that's 95% of what that looks like in my life. So I don't, I, I don't assume that that's going to be our story, all right? You're not going to have somebody that we're going to allow to show up and say he's a prophet and he's going to tell you what your purpose is in life. That God's not really doing that any longer. God gave us, after Jesus left, he gave us the Holy Spirit. God works in us and guides us and speaks to us all day long. So that's what it looks like for me. So, so David had a clear-cut purpose. And it would be like for us men saying, you know, I don't want to waste my days. I don't want to waste my life. I want to, I want to play within the strength that's, that God's given me. I want, I want his direction for my life. And I want to be maybe, I want to be the next guy in my family who, who sticks it out with my spouse. And I want to be the next guy who, who remains pure in my marriage and doesn't divorce. I mean, that's, that's never been in my family lineages but that's what I want for me. All right, it might be that you would be saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start a business and I'm going to employ a lot of people someday. I mean, that's, that's noble, right? I, I want to work hard. I want to employ a lot of people. I want to start a business. I'm a starter type and I want, to, I want to do these things and I want to employ a lot of people because I feel like God's given me the gifts and God laid it on my heart that I want to invest in. I want to invest in people. I want to dive into their lives and raise them up and guide them. Or maybe it's, it's, it's for you, I want to I make a lot of money, right? I want to make a lot of money, and I want to be able to make a lot of money. I want to bless a lot of people. I want to bless a lot of people. Maybe God sees that in your heart. Maybe God blesses you that way so you can bless others. Maybe you're, you're the, 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 the emotion or experience or type that you want to have like eight kids, right? You want to have eight kids, right? That, that maybe, you know, what we see in, in Scripture with guys like David who are, you know, writing poetry and playing harps and, and you know, driving minivans. And maybe, you know, maybe that's just how God's wired you. And maybe you, you desire to have the type of job where you want to work hard but allows you the time enough where you can invest in your kids. You want to do that. That's what God's played on his place in your heart. And so we see this in Scripture and we understand that a man has a vision for his life. That he's not like a boy, that, that he just can't wait to just go play. A man wants to know why God has him on this planet and how God wants to use him. Now, I get it, guys. On our worst days, there are days that most of us struggle with, God, I don't feel like I'm, I'm within like a great purpose today. But if we'll pursue daily what God is oftentimes guiding us towards and every day we say yes to whatever God leads us to do we'll get closer and closer and closer to 
every day where God's leading us. So, so, so when we see this in a man, what we recognize about a man, in order to know your vision and understand where God's leading you, we've got to get to a place where we're saying yes and we're saying no. You can't, you can't say yes to everything. If you say yes to everything, you'll never be on God's mission. We've got to say no at times. And there's a lot to do with, like, um, delayed gratification when it comes to this conversation. Um, we've got to be able to say no. If, if you have a vision, it's going to be because you have delayed, oftentimes, gratification. Men have learned how to say no. Men have learned how to delay gratification. Boys, you put a Krispy Kreme donut in front of them and you tell them, if you wait 10 minutes not to have this, I'll give you a dozen. A boy eats it. A man says, I know where this is going. We wait 10 minutes and then we eat the box later. All right? All right? So a man delays gratification. Now, can I just be honest, ladies? If you are dating a guy who cannot delay his gratification, run for the hills. Run for the hills. If you're dating a guy now who can't say no, who cannot say no, and he just constantly dives in and does not say no and wait for the right thing, you need to walk, you need to run, because a man says no. A man waits. A man says, let me, let me pause for a moment and decide what's the wise thing to do. Um, I, I thought this was cool. Men, um, boys, let me say boys, are, are a little bit like Labrador puppies. Um, lab puppies are cute to be around, but they poop all over your life, okay? All right, so, um, so uh, sociologists study masculinity. And what they found and what, we, what I've researched and what I've found through studying what they've studied is that there is something going on deep in the desires of men. And they've discovered that many, many men, most men, are, are taking on and doing substitutional sort of knockoff things that, that, they, that they have this desire for, but they're, 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 they're not really getting the real thing. See, God wired us men a unique way. He put things in our hearts, desire in, desires in our hearts. And so, um, so what I saw was oftentimes we don't, because we want to be a part of a team, we want to be a part of a, you know, a, 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 a unit or a group or a family or something that's got purpose. Um, we don't have a team, so we, we love social media, right? That's our, that's our quick fix. That's our instant gratification in a lot of cases for a lot of guys not against social media. Um, we, we, we don't know how to be a hero any longer, right? Men, men long to save the beauty. You guys read this before. We long to be in a battle. We long to, to, to play hard, work hard. But we, long, we don't know how to be a hero, so we, so we try to get prestige in Call of Duty, all right? Not against video games, all right? It's, it's, it's why guys go beast mode on the basketball court, right, who want to fight, Right? They emulate you know, the battle when it's just like a pickup game of basketball. It's why guys you know, lose their temper in a softball game, right? a softball game, or when they want to stand afterwards and fight. 
and holler and cuss and get mad after their kids' t-ball game, right, is because they're simulating war. And what we've got to do, guys, is we've got to ask, what am I really going after here? What am I really going after here? Because boys live one moment at a time with no plan. But men, men subscribe to and are wanting to know what's God's vision for my life. Um, if you can ever figure out how to tap into, uh, deep into the desires of a man, you can make a lot of money on them. And people have figured that out. Alex Patterson, Alex Patterson, who um, is the guy who invented the mud run. Some of you guys did a mud run this last weekend. I did a Spartan race two weeks ago, right? So, so Alex Patterson, who has figured this thing out and making a lot of money on men showing up to these races, has tapped into these desires, right? He says this. He says, we really don't know if we're tough anymore. We don't know if we're tough anymore. We don't have fist fights any longer. We don't chop wood. Life has become convenient and easy. At Tough Mudder, we get a lot of what we call fight club men, that 25 to 40-year-old white-collar job guy who hasn't been scared, who hasn't been wet and muddy, and wants to test himself to see what he's made of or to prove that he can even, uh, that he, that he can even uh, let's see, I can't read. Where's my old man glasses when you need them? Um, see what he's made of to prove that even though he's 38 and has a roller bag and a door on his minivan that closes by itself, he still has what it takes. It's this visceral sense of accomplishment that, that's, uh, that ha that's handing in, the, that, you know, the handing in the Q2 report doesn't give for you. It's true. Something is going dormant in our men. Something's going dormant in our man. Second thing is this. A man works, a boy plays. A man works, a boy plays. Men want a challenge. Men long for a challenge. And when they can't get a challenge, they suffer. A men, work, men work, boys play. Boys wake up in the morning, and when they go to the school, the only thing they can look forward is recess and lunch, right? That's what boys look forward towards, all right? We get it. We've been boys before. That's what it was like when we were in school, right? On Saturday mornings, he doesn't want to do chores or lend a hand or to help out to, to uh, be a part of the family team, the family unit. He just wants to play and have fun. But a man works. A man works. And inter interesting enough, everybody in the wolf pack works. You know that? If you are a part of a wolf pack, which you aren't wolves here, but there's some, there's some cool uniqueness about a wolf pack um, that I wouldn't advise, but if you don't work in a wolf pack, they kill you. Because it's just sort of the unwritten code. Everybody brings value. Everybody shows up with your gift, and you play a role in the wolf pack. So it's just sort of, it's sort of code for them. Uh, Richard Sherman who was uh, and is an NFL Seahawks cornerback, his dad still collects the trash in his, in his city. He's the trash driver for his community. And people have asked him, and he's been interviewed, why are you still working? Your son makes, you know, $15 million plus a year. Why are you working? You know what he said? Because I want to. Because I want to work. It's just, it's, it's in men. God made us to work. God made us to work. 
boys get very, very excited when books come out like the four-hour work week. They're like, that's for me. How can I get out of work? How can I work less? I want to work less. I want to work less. Now, I'm not against working less, but when it's the number one thing in your, 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 your mind of how quickly can I retire, how quickly can I stop working, that's not the true heart of a man. Men love to work. Boys love the idea of, of, of what's going on in Europe and love the idea of mandating a 30-hour work week. Men, if we don't work, men, if we don't work, we don't bring value to the world. And, 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 and you realize that, men, when we get into trouble, it's when we're not working. Guys, when, when, when we're not bringing value to our world, we're also not bringing purpose to our own lives. Men were made to work. That's why David was chosen. David shows up, and all his, his buddies and his brothers are in battle against the Philistines. And David shows up, and he looks around, and they're all like, I don't, want, I don't want the challenge today. I don't want to go to work. I mean, there's a challenge. I'm a little scared of that challenge. This is going to take a lot longer than what I thought. This is going to be tougher than what I thought. Men love the challenge. Men want the challenge. And on our best days, God wants us to rise up and to go after what he's called us to do. So David shows up. The Philistines are out there, and they're taunting God. And they've got this big guy named Goliath, and he's just dogging out God's people. And David can't stand it. He shows up. And he's like, I'm ready to go to work. Put me in, coach. Put me on. I'm ready for the fight. So in 1 Samuel 17, 34, it says, But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping, because Saul's like, David, whoa, wait a second. You can't go out there. You're just a little bitty guy. You, you're, you're, not, you're not a man. But David, David was a man. David was a man. So Saul says, your servant, or David's response to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep with, or when a lion and a bear came and carried off the sheep from the flock, I went after it and struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it, seized it by its hair, struck it, killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. David, I'll go to work. I'll go right now. And guess what? He wins. See, here's the thing about men. Men are like a pickup truck. Men are like a pickup truck. We function best with a load. Now, I know some of you guys don't have pickup trucks. But when you put a little bit of weight in the bed of a pickup truck, guess what happens? It rides better. It functions better. When you don't have any weight in the bed of a pickup truck, man, it bounces all over the road. But when you put a little weight... And you like that, don't you? You guys like that? You're going, this is awesome, right? Come on, fellas. One little quick little howl for me on the, on the count of three, just to say you're still with me. And this is something, women, I know you can't get, but women can't howl like men. Men can howl. So just real quick, to stay you're still with me on the count of three, let's give a little nice manly howl. One, two, three. Oh, okay. All right, so number three. Let me give you this, let me give you this verse. Matthew 5, 17 says, My father has been working until now. And I have been working. Number three, a man works for the team. A man works for the team. A boy plays for MVP. Men serve the team. A boy cries when he's not all-time quarterback, right? When it's not all about him, when he's not all about in the limelight, he gets all out of shape. Men work for the team. A boy 
plays for MVP. <laughs> um, boys live to have everything revolving around them. Some of you live with boys right now. And they get their feelings hurt when everything doesn't revolve around them. When things don't go, up, go their way, boys pick up the ball, pick up their ball, and they go home. Men, if it's the best for the team for me to play, even if I've got the best arm on the team, men will play on the line if it serves the team the best. Jesus played on a team. He was a part of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit team. He also, when he came to earth, he recruited the 12 disciples. They became a, a team. Men work for the team. Boys always play to be the MVP. And let me just tell you this. Boys are lone wolves. Lone wolves lose. Men who play a part of the team, they win. David, um, David lost it all when he broke away from the pack. When David broke away from the pack and decided to serve himself and couldn't self uh, or delay gratification, David lost it all. 2 Samuel 11.1 1 says this, In the spring, and this was always the time, so in the spring at the time when the kings would go off to war, guess what David did? David laid back. He laid back. He didn't go to work. He said, I don't want to go to work today. And I get, guys, there are days we don't want to go to work. I get that. That's not that we don't get old and our brains slow down, our bodies slow down. It's not that we don't retire, right? Right? I, I, I'm understand. But the point of the matter is, a man should never live to just serve himself. Men, godly men, who God has have, have called, serve the team. So in the spring, as the kings go to war, David stayed back. He sent Joab out with the kings, his, his, his men, and they went into battle. David didn't go. He sat home. He didn't have a vision. He didn't have a purpose. He sat in his living room with nothing to do. He got bored there. He went up on his roof, sat there. He was bored to do. All of a sudden, he sees a hot girl. And I'm not, like, looking out there individually. That was just, like, four guys I just pointed at. Um, he sees this hot girl, and he has an affair. And because he was bored, because he was not delaying gratification, because he, he, forgot, his, he forgot who he was and what his, that he had a purpose, because he didn't want to go to work, David's life falls apart. Lone wolves, lone wolves lose. By the time a boy is... 21 years of age, age he's played 10,000 hours of video games. Where does he do that normally? Isolated and alone, right? The average male under, their, under the age of 18 watches 50 porn clips a week. You know what this trains you to do? It trains you to think sex is a solo sport. Men, we win together. Wolf packs run together. Lone wolves get devoured. Man, if you and I are going to win, we've got to play a part of the team. We've got to play on the team. We've got to play for the team. And if we'll do that, I'm telling you guys, we can win. You've never seen a wolf pack that runs together lose. They are a force to be reckoned with. And every man 
should be a part of a team. And I just want to say, guys, if you aren't a part of a team, I invite you to be a part of this team. If you're checking out God, you want to start growing, jump on, t- on this team and let's, let's win some battles together. The fourth thing is, and I've got to go quickly, a man is a protector and a boy is a predator. A man, a real man following after God's heart is a protector. God wired us that way. Boys, boys are predators. Remember? They can't say no. They just rush in and they see it, they want it, they go get it. David did that. David wasn't protecting Bathsheba when he went and took her away from her husband and sent his best man out to do battle on the front lines and died. David wasn't protecting when he stayed back home. He was being a predator. He wasn't out protecting. But when he was on his A game, when, a, when David was on his A game, he was an amazing protector. Think about what David protected. David protected God's honor against the Philistines. Right? He, was, he was being a protector. When David was writing poetry, he was protecting God's word. When he was protecting, he was protecting worship one day for us. When David was a king, David protected the temple uh, and gave gobs of his resources to make sure it flourished and did well. He's a protector, took care of his family. We see this struggle of boys being a predator sexually. One in five women on college campuses will be raped. Boys are, boys are predators. And can I just say that I understand that there, there are women here today that are not pro-man. <clears throat> and I want to say on behalf of real men, those were boys. And I want to just say on behalf of men, I'm sorry for a boy who is not a man for hurting you. If that's you this morning, I pray that God would heal your heart and turn your scars into beauty marks. Let me just say this too. Let me be strong with the guys. I'm kind of just going to punch you in the mouth here just for a moment. Okay, can you just smile while I do that? Man, if you're with someone who's not your wife, Stop having sex with that person. If you're in a relationship with someone who's not your spouse, stop being involved sexually with, that, sexually with that person. Why? Let me just say this. If she moves on and doesn't marry you, you protect her, from, you protect her for her future marriage. That's, that's, that's not even necessarily a, a Bible thing. I don't have a verse for that. That's just the common sense thing that we get from God's word. But you protect her for her future marriage. You protect yourself for your future marriage. And if, if, if you do get married to that person you're with, if you do, you do get married, you want to model to her delayed gratification. So when you're, out, when you're out of town or she's out of town, you show her now that you'll be faithful then. So she's not lying, waiting at home, wondering, can she trust you? You want to build trust now. 
You want to delay gratification now. You want to honor God now. You want to be a man now. You want to be a protector now. Men are protectors. Boys are predators. The powerful thing isn't to take. The powerful thing isn't to take. That's what thieves do. That's what our enemy does. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's a taker. Godly men, the truly powerful thing to do is to protect. I want to protect my daughters by interviewing every boy that wants to date her. And when I'm on my A game, that's who I am. I'm a protector. I want to protect my family by earning an honest wage and being pure. I want to protect my church by giving a percentage of my income financially because I want it to be healthy and be able to back others. That's a protecting thing. I want to protect my country. And many of you do that. We have, I, I want to salute and Jehua to all of our, our servicemen. That's, that's, not, that's not the correct way I say that, right? You're shaking, your husband's a Marine, though, so he says it. I don't really know how you say it. All right, so I want to protect my country by standing up for it and doing what's right, by doing what's right. I want to protect my friends by encouraging them and oftentimes telling them, that, telling them things that nobody else will and being honest. When we do this, men, we're going to be in the minority. When we stand up and we have these types of values, we'll be in the minority. That's why, number five, men take a minority position Why boys always need to be in the majority. Boys go with the flow, right? Whichever way things are going, wherever the crowds are going, boys are scared to stand up and be in the minority, so they just go with the flow. They don't say no. They say yes. And so boys go with the flow. Boy, boys have to have everybody okay with me, right? Boys have to follow back up, and I wonder, if, I wonder if everybody's okay with me right now, which means I've got to be in the majority. Men get okay with standing out and being weird, even if our values seem old-fashioned. And men, this is where we've got, this is where we've got to be. This is where we've got to get. I want to give you this. 1 Corinthians 13, 11 says, When I was a child, I spoke like a child. When I was a child, I thought like a child. When I was a child, I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I gave up selfish ways. Men, today's conversation, I hope, dives deeply into your heart well beyond this conversation because I believe here a part of this family this wolf pack God wants to challenge us he wants to grow us you have breath in your lungs today because God has a plan for your life and I want to end today with just starting this series out. We've got three weeks of this. I don't want you to miss a single week. Ladies, make sure you're here next week. It is Mother's Day. You do not want to miss next week, ladies and men. So here's how I want to end today. Guys, I want to end with today by asking every man 
who subscribes to be a man, like you want to be a man, you want to move from boyhood to manhood, I'm going to ask you if you would stand. If, if you're subscribing and you want to be a man today, I'm asking that you would stand up, and I'm going to pray for you. Let's pray. God, in this last moment, I pray that you would, you would do what only you could do in the heart of men. God, would you, would you guide us to a whole new place of holiness, of godliness, of selflessness? God, we know that on our, on our, on our, we know about our worst days. God, we ask that you would, you would give us our best days. God, help us to be playing in our A game because our obedience to you, because our pursuit of you, and our desire of you. So I pray for every man who says, I subscribe to move beyond being a boy to being a man. God, would you give that man strength and courage to follow you and to get back up when he's been knocked down. To pursue you and continue to say, I'm going to do what's right no matter what. God, I pray that when you, when you gift us a thought that's a, that's a clarity and a direction and a desire for us to go do what you've called us and led us to do whatever it is in that moment or that day or that week or that year, God, that we would then go do it. That we wouldn't be scared for what people might think, but we would do it because, because we know it's what's right to do. God, I pray that today you would rally men together to no longer run as lone wolves, but to run in the pack, to be a part of the family, and to do, to do great and mighty things because that's what you've called us to do because we're men. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace and your love. In your precious name we pray, amen. I'll invite all of you to stand up now. And we're going to close with a song, and our offering uh, is, is, again, different and unique. We're not passing bus buckets these days. We just got tired of, like, the Home Depot look of our buckets. There's somewhere out in the lobby. If you want to find those, there's other ways to give. There's ways to give online. There's ways to text and give if you want to be a part of your church family and, and, and support and help us make a difference in this city and the world. I encourage you to do that. But I want us to do this today. I want to close. I want you to, in this moment, men, to not worry about what someone thinks. But maybe in this moment, you just say thanks to God and however he leads you in this next song.